Yes, yes, yes. Hey, well, one more time, thanks so much for being here today, PCC. My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson. If you're new, you're just visiting, man, I hope you feel the love in the room. It's a new season. It's a new season. I'm also reminded that it's also a new NFL season. I'm, I'm alive, too. I, I, I hear you. And I love this church for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is this is a safe place. How many know that? This is a safe place. Because maybe some of you Seahawks fans in the room, you noticed that there was someone playing drums in a Colts jersey. It's a safe place, safe place. I also noticed that we have some 49er fans in the house too. This is really a safe place, all right? We got ran. So whoever your team is, I hope you feel the love, all right? Hey, I want to talk about this word today, community. Someone say community. I want to talk about how important it is and how when we're intentional with it, it changes everything. People that understand this, it changes everything. So the series just entitled Community Growing Together in God's Love. And I really believe one of the things that I love about this church is we get this here. We get that we, we have a spirit, we have a culture of community here, and I love that so much. It's part of our foundation. But I want to unpack it a little bit more, and really today is just kind of an intro to the rest of this series, okay? So if you look in your Bibles, it'll be on the screens too. Hebrews chapter 10 is really going to be our anchor verse. And many of you probably know this verse, but this is what we're going to stand on as we unpack this beautiful topic, all right? Hebrews 10 says this, starting in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Aren't you grateful for that? And let us consider, someone say consider. Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You can underline this next verse. Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, please take note here. The writer isn't talking about a big traditional church meeting right here, okay? Sometimes that gets confused. The context here is actually talking about like small in-house type meetings, i.e. small groups, if you will. Starbucks gathering, right? That's, that's really what the writer is saying here, that don't give up doing that, right? Um, and then secondly, we read all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? Well, that day is judgment day. Why? Because the enemy knows the power of community. And, and the enemy will do whatever it takes to keep you from engaging in it. So I'm telling you, you just being here today is, an, is a really good thing. Because the enemy hates this. The enemy hates it when brothers and sisters in Christ come together like this. And so this is a good thing once again. Look at this passage. I, I was reading this again this week. And I was reminded of it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. This is what it says. It says, there was a man all alone. So this story kind of starts out sad. Should I do, I, I, can, I can get some drama, drama going with it if you want. Okay. There was a man all alone. Thank you. 
he had neither son nor brother. So it just gets worse. Now, by the way, this didn't mean biological, okay? This actually meant more of like he had no one to pour into. He he didn't have a son that he could invest his life into. Uh, 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 He didn't have a brother that he could walk with. He he wasn't a part of a, a men's small group, all right? And so as a result, look what happened. It says there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So there's more information here. This dude had money. How many of you know that, that money isn't is it that is it is it all what it's cracked up to be all the time? I know I know some pretty lonely, sad, rich people, right? And so and so community is imperative to our spiritual health as followers of Jesus. It's crucial that not only are we promoting community, saying we're for that, but we're actually living it out and 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 we're following the the model that Jesus presented for us. So today I want to look at just three questions. I know what time the kickoff's at, don't worry, that we need to ask <laughs> that will help us engage, engage in community. And really, this is really, like I said, the, uh, the uh, intro to this passage, all right? So the first question is, what are the excuses? What are the excuses? Why, why don't we do it, right? Well, one of them is just naivety, meaning lack of experience. We, we don't have enough experience for it. Can I just be, I love, another thing, I love that we can be vulnerable in this church. One, one of the things for me, this area of community, I, I, there was a time in my life where I struggled with it. It was hard for me to engage in it for a lot, lots of, basically, I just didn't have enough experience with it. So I was afraid maybe like you of like putting myself out there. Can you relate to that? Maybe you're like, I have a hard time because it's hard for me sometimes to put myself out there. And I didn't get to experience the benefits of it right out of the gate, right? I I would do everything on my own because maybe I didn't believe I needed anybody, right? Maybe you can relate to that. Like, uh, I'll just do it on my own because I don't really need anybody. And I missed missed some of the benefits of that early on. I'm grateful that I figured it out now. I'm grateful that I'm a part of PCC and learned how to do this. There's a story of Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, he's flying on an airplane, and he didn't have a seatbelt on. And so the stewardess came up. She said, sir, please put your seatbelt on. And he looked up, and he said, well, ma'am, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt when he flies. <laughs> Superman. How many of you know that there's only one Superman, and he ain't us, Right? And this was a problem that I had for a long time. I needed a, I needed a seat belt, and that seat belt was is community. It's community. It's what keeps us together. It keeps us safe. It's that security. Here's another one: temperament. Temperament. Meaning, I, I just my personality doesn't line up with it. I don't have the right personality, and you know uh, it's hard to believe. But me up here, I want you to know I'm more of an introvert. I know that's hard to believe. But I am more of an introvert. And so for the longest time, like, this, was, this is, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to pursue it. But how many of you know that despite my temperament or my personality, I still got to grow? And maybe you're like me. Hey, join the club. It's all right. Maybe it doesn't come as naturally for you. But I want you to know as you step out in faith, he'll give you the strength. He'll give you the power. He'll build you up. I got a buddy. His name's John. And he's ripped. I mean, he's so He's buff. He's one of these guys 
that actually enjoys going to the gym and working out. Don't you hate people like that? Like full on. He's like, let's go, man. So like his personality is drawn to the gym. My personality is drawn to Papa John's, right? (laughs) But at the end of the day, we both got to go to the gym to stay healthy or to get healthy. It's the only way that we can physically grow, right? So, So temperament. Here's another one. Someone say it. Fear. Fear. We're afraid. Just flat out afraid. And a lot of it is the unknown, right? Sometimes it's like, it's like we don't even really know what we're afraid about. And sometimes that can get kind of irrational at times where we, we make up this scenario of showing up at someone's apartment and the door opens and there's like six different couples in there and they're like, please sit in the chair. Tell us all of your sin, right? And it's just, it's totally irrational. So, so sometimes the fear can get in the way and I want to say that I've learned that if I'm able to push past the fear, man, if I'm able to open up and get vulnerable and honest, especially with other brothers, I'm in, a, I'm in a men's small group, I'm telling you, man, that's where the healing is. That's where the true healing begins. So, so, so that's a huge one. Another one, past experiences. This one, this is a big one. Big one. Maybe you, you engaged in, an, in another life, right? Maybe you were a part of something else. And you dipped your toe, right? And you got, you got burned, right? Maybe it was another church or another thing or another group of people. And so because of your experiences in the past, you're like, I think I'm going to sit this one out. Can I just say you're in a safe place? <laughs> I was joking about the earlier safe place, but this truly is a safe place, all right? And so many of us in the same room have been in that. We all, I have past experiences where if, 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 if I get between my ears, I can talk myself out of it, right? I can go, I don't want that to happen again. But as believers, we're called to step out and trust once again. Here's another one. Busyness. I'm just too busy. This one plagues our culture, right? I'm just too busy. We've allowed the world to set our priorities in our lives, right? All the different things, all right? So that's the first thought that I have. Here's the second question. That is, well, why is it essential? Why do we really need to live in true community? Why do we got to do that? I, when we were first married, uh, my wife introduced me to this uh, show, and one of the part of the song was, I'll be there for you. Remember that? Friends? Remember Friends? The story of like these, all these people that live in New York City, and they live across the hall from each other, and they all got their problems, Right? They all hurt each other from time to time, right? But they, uh, they grew to understand just how important their community was to each other. They, they were willing to be hurt from time to time. They lived literally next door. In fact, when, when we lived in Los Angeles, we had like five, we all lived in the same apartment complex with like five other families from our church. Can I tell you that that, just that physical setup, like saved our lives, right? It's, it's so essential, so essential. They understood it. And when you step out, you'll begin to understand it as well, too. When you're going through a crisis, man, who shows up? It's your small group. It's the people in your church. I'm so grateful that so many of us in this church understand that. There was another TV show back in the 80s that had a community that all met at a bar. And if you remember that one, Ted Danson, he owned that. Cheers, right? This is kind of before my time. But, uh, but, (laughs) 
But the question is, JF, why, why is community essential? Why is it essential? Well, let me just answer that by presenting to you the Cheers theme song. Should I sing it or you want me just to say it? Sing it? Okay. All right. Making your way in the world today. You got, right? Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Here we go. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Boom, 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 boom. And they're always glad you came. Doom, doom, doom. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You want to go where people know. People are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. So the question is, why is community essential to a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because making it in the world today... It takes everything you got. And it appears Hollywood agrees with the Bible. <laughs> At least right here. Man, I want to be, be somewhere where I know my brothers and sisters, they got problems just like I got problems. I want to know, even knowing that, that she knows my name and I know his name, and that we're in this together. Why? Because out there, right, when I say out there, I'm just like in society, as, it's hard. And so it's, it, why is it essential? Because making it in the world today, it takes everything you got. And you're going to need brother and sister in Christ to walk with you. It's huge. It's huge. When I was a kid growing up here in Tacoma, my, my uh, grandpa pastored here for years, and he had this bumper sticker that, he passed out and said, the joy of belonging, the joy of belonging. There's something about belonging that, 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 that is healing, that helps so much. The joy of belonging. We're wired to belong. It's in our DNA. And in fact, it's found throughout the scriptures. Romans 12, we actually unpacked this quite extensively this, this past year, but Romans 12, verse Verses 4 and 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Listen, your human anatomy is composed of many parts, right? We got hands and feet and eyes and ears. All different, all important, all working together to function as one body. All equally important, right? And I love it because in a spiritual, spiritual sense, we are the body, the community, the small groups that makes up the body of Jesus Christ. It's in community. Why is it essential? Because according to the Bible, it's not only our lifeline, but it's the engine that ignites spiritual growth and vitality, right? So number one, what are the excuses? We looked at some of those. Why is it essential? And then finally, the band can come back, and then we're going to receive communion together, all right? How does it enrich? How does it enrich? Meaning, how does community really benefit us? How does it make us better? How does it make us stronger? How does it make us grow? Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, 
so one person sharpens another. Meaning when you pursue community with other Jesus followers, right? When you make a decision (laughs) to open up to your sisters on that Zoom small group Bible study, when you're willing to step out and meet with that group of guys on a basketball court or whatever, however that looks, right? I'm telling you, it's in those moments. God honors that. He, he honors your step of faith, my brother. He, 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 he says, look at that. That's one of my kids doing what I've asked them to do. Jesus modeled this for us with 12 motley dudes, man. I say it lots of times. Man, do you think the Son of God needed those 12 dudes to accomplish what he came to do? Are you kidding me? They probably made it worse, right? But I love how intentional Jesus was by doing it that way. And in doing it that way, he was saying, I want you to do it this way, right? 12 guys all from different walks of life, all the problems, all the screw-ups, all the stuff. And yet he he said, this is how I want you to live. As one of my disciples, as one of my followers, live like this. One more passage here. Well, two more passages, and then we're going to take communion. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I know that passage scares some people sometimes, but I want you to take note. The whole confessing your sins part You don't have to let that scare you. It doesn't just mean talk about all the mistakes you made, but it really means to get vulnerable with other folks. Because when you do that, there's a really good chance, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, there's a really chance that that person may have walked through what you're going through currently in another season. Or maybe you're in the middle of it, they're in the middle of it too, and you can link arms, right? But that requires that, oh man, that step of vulnerability that is sometimes scary at times and so as Pacific Coast Church this is this must be our pursuit we must engage we must be intentional with our relationships it's an honor to be doing life with each other I wrote this down Pacific Coast Church will never be a church that simply has small groups no we're going to be a church comprised of small groups like that's that's what we are it's not like hey you should there's a thing over there over there called small groups and that's that's, if that's your thing go give that a try no 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 we're all we're all in that comprised together because it's powerful acts chapter 2 and then we're going to receive communion acts chapter 2 here's here's the model that we as a church want to pursue it's the early church acts 2 42 through 47 and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Look what happened. And awe came upon every soul. I want to see this. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Look what they were doing. They were selling their possessions and belongings and they were distributing them, all the proceeds to all as any had, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food and glad, generous hearts. And so here's the model, right? We just read it. This is what it means to be the church. This is our pursuit. The question is, will you join? Maybe you're here today and 
you come, you know, once a month or something like that. There's one thing I, I learned, and it took me a while, that there's a difference between attending church and being the church, right? There's a difference there. And maybe you're like, I'm, I'm not ready yet. That's okay. You take your time. You let the Holy Spirit speak to you on through that relationship. But I encourage you, maybe, maybe today, this is like, you're like, man, I've been actually thinking about this. Pastor Ashley talked about getting back into routines. and Maybe today you, you want to consider adding this element of your spiritual journey into your brand new fall routine. Maybe today you want to join a small group. We have several of them that you could, we have men's groups and women's groups and young adults groups. We, we, we've got quite a few different ones. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I feel like I could, I could facilitate something like that. Well, come grab me after this thing. Talk to Pastor any any of us, and we will help you make that happen. Let me pray, and then we're going to receive communion together. Lord, I thank you for Pacific Coast Church. I thank you for what it means to me personally and all of us. God, may this be part of how people know us, this, 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 this community thing. I pray, Lord God, that when people mention Pacific Coast Church, and I, let me just say it, it, it happens whenever I talk about it, but even more so, that people would say, oh, yeah, you guys are a tight bunch. And not only are you guys a tight bunch, but you openly, overwhelmingly receive new people into that local community. May we be known for this, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for my friend that's, maybe this is the one area of their spiritual walk with you that they haven't really leaned into. They haven't been intentional with it. God, I pray that you would speak to them today like, like maybe you already are. Maybe this afternoon or sometime this week that they would reach out and take that step, that next step. So God, we thank you for who you are, what you're doing. We thank you for this sacred moment together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, when you walked in, hopefully you received the elements. If you did not, I'm sorry. Oh, Angie's grabs. If you didn't, though, if you want to raise your hand, we can get you the, the, the communion elements. It's just a little cup with a little bit of grape juice in it and a little small kind of wafer that's on the top. But if you don't have them, you can just raise your hand and our friends are getting them to you. Thank you so much. Just raise it real high. Everybody can participate. If One thing I should say, if you're not a believer, you can still participate. Obviously, it wouldn't have the same, the same meaning that it does for those of us who are believers in here. Why don't we do this? Because we're going to close right after this. Maybe you just want to stand to your feet. Thank you. You can remove that top. Take that little piece of bread out, that wafer. Maybe you just want to raise it in your hand like this. We say it all the time. Man, we're at church. We're into symbols. (laughs) We're into the symbols. And Jesus was too. That culture was too. and remains to this day. But this bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for us, which represents our healing. First Corinthians chapter 11, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the scripture says, Paul writes, St. Paul writes, that he took some bread and he broke it in his hand. Jesus broke the bread. You want to just break it in your hands right there. Jesus says, whenever you eat this bread, 2,000 years later, Pacific Coast Church, remember 
me. Remember my broken body. Remember what I did for you. So we raise that. If you need healing today, receive it. Lord, we thank you for your broken body that represents our healing. God, we thank you because of your because of the, the pain and anguish that you endured, your body being crushed for us, that we can receive all types of healing, whether that's physical. Lord, we can find healing in our relationships, in our mind, in our broken hearts. So God, I just thank you for what you did for us. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it together. that little cellophane there. You want to raise it up. Paul goes on to say that in the same way he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. This is the new covenant in my blood. It's a new contract. The shedding of my blood represents the covering of all of humans' sin. The old school word is iniquities, right? Covering of all of that. Past, present, and future. I can't even wrap my head around that, but I don't have to. I just, have, I just want to say thank you. Receive that today. There's new life, healing in the blood. Jesus said, as often as you drink this, remember, remember what my shed blood on the cross. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us, what it represents. We thank you that we find our healing. We find new life, a redo, a restart. But not just that, Lord God. We're all we, it's a gift, so we receive salvation today, but it's not just about that. It's about now that we have that, we can truly begin to understand of who we are and how you created us and what you've called us to do. So there's no excuses anymore, Lord God. We, we are living life on purpose, intentionally doing life with other broken people, believers like, like ourselves, doing everything we can to walk in the way that you called us to do that, through serving and loving and forgiving embracing, walking humbly. So Lord God, thank you for that. We remember what you did in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take it together. Come on, someone say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, awesome.